0: Alright, so we've been on this series, it's the third week, we've been on this study of promises of God, and the first week we talked about many of the different promises of God and why we can count upon them and why we should put our hope and trust in them, and uh, last week we talked about how that we are a reflection of God's image, or a reflection of the image of God, and how we are to to understand that and, and how we're to live our life knowing that we are beautifully, wonderfully made in His image, that not just we... As individuals, but everyone around us, God has made in His image. That He loves and cares about everyone, uh, even the person on death row, even the people that we would consider to be the lowest of the lowest or the people who don't deserve to be loved in any way, shape, or form, God still loves them and He created them in His image. Today we're gonna talk about a, a, a fun topic. Um, if you're a first time visitor, never been here before, I apologize. We're going to talk about Satan today. We're going to talk about uh, the fact that he is alive and well, and, uh, but that his days are numbered. That even though Satan is real, we don't have to live a defeated life or, or walk in fear and intimidation of him. Um, and so I have given you, many, many people ask me a lot about different scriptures and, and how do I know and how do I handle it. So today I have given you so many scriptures on Satan um, I want you to keep these in your Bible, have them handy uh, to answer maybe some of the questions that you have, and, and obviously in just a few minutes we won't be able to go through them well and really, really dig into them, but hopefully we can give you enough of them to maybe uh, help you and assist you in understanding that who Satan is, that he is real, uh, and, and even though we live in a world that doubts it and, and acts like he's not, the truth and the reality is he is. And so what does that mean? How does that affect our lives? It was back in 1861, July 21st. It was a Sunday, beautiful Sunday afternoon, and, and hundreds and thousands of people had gathered in Manassas, and, and they were coming there, some from Washington and from outer, the outer areas coming to the battlefield. And it was a, a Sunday afternoon, and they all brought their picnic baskets And some came in chariots, and some came in buggies, and some came on horses, and some people walked. And husbands brought their wives, and fathers brought their children, children in one hand, picnic basket in the other. And they walked out to the battlefield, and they set down their blankets, and they set down their their picnic baskets with chicken. And they're getting ready to watch this battlefield. And they're all excited because and, 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 they thought the Union soldiers would put a quick end to this rebellion and, and quickly drive the Confederates out. And so they gathered for this, this festive occasion. Doesn't sound too festive, does it? They gather together. And while they're sitting there, uh, there's one reporter from the London Times found the lady. And she had her opera glasses out. And she's going, oh, my isn't this just wonderful? And as the shots are being fired, she goes, oh, isn't this just majestic? This is just so great. But quickly, the shots being fired and the cannons being fired, and all of a sudden, people being hit with the bullets, it became very real, very quick. All of a sudden, it turned into reality, and they started to realize this wasn't just a cute little moment to have a picnic basket dinner and watch this battlefield, what they realized is that there was real people being shot and hurt and wounded. And as they started to see the bullets flying and the blood splattering and the cries of the wounded soldiers, husbands started to grab their wives and fathers started to grab their children. They headed for their their chariots and for their buggies and, and their horses to get out of there. And they started to run and And as the Union soldiers retreated and ran back into them, some of them got trampled by the stampede of the Union soldiers retreating. One New York congressman was even captured and held for up to six months. It wasn't such a picnic, was it? Sometimes we live in a world that that thinks that life is a picnic, that Satan isn't real, and we kind of bury our head and we kind of say that Pastor Jim, I, I know you talk about Satan, but he's just this, he's just this mythological creature. He's just this symbolic person that, that that's just to, we recognize that there's evil in the world. Barna, the group Barna, polled a bunch of Christian people, and they asked them these questions, and they asked professing professing Christians about Satan. And 40% of them thought that Satan was a superstition or an antiquated belief. They felt Satan was not a living being. They thought he was just a symbol of evil. Another 20% said they agree somewhat with that perspective. And only 35% of the people polled indicated that they believe that Satan is real. And the remaining 5% were not sure if Satan is real. So in other words, 65% of the Christians, don't believe that Satan exists. Reverend Dave, Dr. Dave, Pastor Dave, Brother Dave. Dave read the passage of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12 to 18, and it talked about the reality that we live in a spiritual warfare, that there's spiritual battles all around us. In Colossians, Paul talked about that, that God created all the creatures in the world visible and invisible, by himself and for himself. That the reality is that somewhere between Genesis chapter 1, when it says that God created the heavens and the earth, when God created the universe, somewhere between there and Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve meet Satan, somewhere between there, God created the angels, created Satan, And he was one of the highest. He was the highest angel that was created. And somewhere in that time, and whether it's thousands of years, millions of years, or literal six days, we don't know, and we can debate it and talk about it. Scientists will tell you it's millions of years. Many theologians will say it's thousands of years. Whatever the time frame between Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 3 Satan takes a third of the angels, rebels against God, and God casts them out of heaven. Somewhere between there, Genesis 1 and Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve fell, Satan came into the picture. The, the Greek term for devil is Diablos, and it shares a word, the root word diaboline which means to split. The devil is a splitter, a divider, a wedge driver. His whole purpose is to confuse you and to divide you and to cause you to not believe. His, his purpose is to throw you off guard. He divided Adam and Eve in the garden, and he would like to separate us from God too. It's his desire, his dream, his belief. Must make Satan happy that so many believers don't believe that Satan's real. You know how easy his job is? If if we as believers, if we who know the scriptures and know the truth and, and have this relationship with God, if we can't figure out that Satan is real, do you know how easy it makes his job? How easy it is for him to throw us off? Now, I'll be honest, I don't always like to talk about Satan, I don't always like to have those conversations. I don't like evil. It bothers me. I don't like horror movies. I don't watch them. They bug me. I think they're evil. I think they're satanic. I think they're demonic. I stay away from them. Some people say, oh, Pastor Jim, it's just cute. It's not cute. I don't like getting scared to death. I don't. Walked out of my office this morning and Sandy's walking down the hall and I about ran into the wall. I was, ah! And I don't like to be scared. Shardell hides with the grandkids and waits for them to come around the corner and screams and then just laughs. Ah! As the poor kid's laying on the ground shaking, right? <laughs> I, I don't like those moments of fear. I, I don't like them. And I'm making fun in light of, of fear and being scared, but Satan is real. And the demonic force is real. And it's not to be made fun of. And it's not to look at and, and, and take lightly. And it's definitely not to be dismissed and just pushed off as not being real. There are forces at war around us. I can't grasp it. But you remember in the Old Testament where the, the donkey or the mule was, was, was walking along? with Balaam, and, and, and he wanted to go forward, and God allowed this animal to see the angel of the Lord there in front, and it was such a scary thing that the animal just froze and wouldn't move, and he's kicking it, and he's hitting it, and he's yelling at it, and God's saying, why? And the horse turns and starts talking to him. Mr. Ed comes alive, right? And Mr. Ed starts to talk to him. Why are you hitting me? What is wrong with you? Don't you know what's going on? Right? It's in those moments where we can't even see the oppression and the possession that has taken place all around us, and yet it's real. Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 12 to 18. passage is about the king of Tyre, of that city or that country, and God compares him to Satan, and in the midst of prophesying to him, Through Ezekiel, he speaks of Satan's demise. He says this, Ezekiel 28, starting there in verse 12. Son of man, take up a lament concerning the king of Tyre and say to him, This is what the sovereign Lord says. You were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, carnelian, chrysolite, Guardian from among the fiery I'd like to blame this on Satan, but I just didn't look at my battery before I started. All right, <laughs> be an easy one. Satan made my battery die. No, Jim was too stupid to look at it. All right, anyway. So we look at Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight. As Ezekiel was prophesying to the king of Tyre, he starts to give us this definition and description. But in the midst of that, he, he starts to speak of Satan and what Satan looked like. He said that Satan was in the Garden of Eden, that he was anointed guardian angel, a cherub. He talked about the fact that he dwelt on God's holy mountain. How that Satan was blameless from day he was made until he, evil appeared in his life. He talks about how that Satan was filled with violence and sinned. Talked about how the God drove him out in disgrace. Talked about how he was proud due to his beauty and corrupted in his wisdom because of his splendor. And then it says, so I threw you to the earth and made a spectacle, of you before, a spectacle of you before the kings or the rulers and the people of the earth. First thing I see in this passage of scripture in your notes is Satan is real, so don't dismiss him. Satan is real, so don't dismiss him. Just going to get very basic and very simple. Satan is real, so don't dismiss him. Don't try to push him off as some allegory. Don't try to push him off as some theological myth. The reality is God says that he created him. And when he tried to rise above and beyond who God was, when he tried to to become God himself, God cast him out. Isaiah chapter 14 says some similar things about Satan. It says this chapter 14, verse 9. The realm of the dead below is still astir to meet you at your coming. It rouses the spirits of the departed to greet you. All those who were leaders in the world, it makes them rise from their thrones. And all those who were kings over the nations. And they will all respond. They will say to you, you also have become weak as we are, and you have become like us. All your pomp has been brought down to the grave. And along the noise of, and along with the noise of your harps, maggots are spread out beneath you, and worms cover you. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn! You have been cast down to earth, and you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, "I will ascend to the heavens; I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly, and on the utmost heights of the mount of Zaphon. I will ascend." upon above the tops of the clouds and i will make myself like the most high but you are brought down in the realm of the dead in the depths of the pit and those who see you stare at you they ponder your fate is this the man who shook the earth and made the kingdoms tremble once again in this passage isaiah is prophesying to the kings and the kingdoms but he's also in the middle of it he starts to talk about morning star he starts to talk about who satan is and and, uh, and what his demise will be. Satan in that passage says, I will make myself like the Most High. Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 20 says, Jesus, remember, had sent out the, the 72 disciples to go and, and share the good news and says, when they returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Verse 18, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the heaven.'" I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Most important thing in this passage, in in these verses, is the fact that Jesus bridged that gap between us and the Father. And so the most important thing is that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The most important thing is that we are friends and have a relationship with God. That's the most important thing. But he says in this passage that I saw Satan falling from heaven. It's like lightning falling from heaven. I saw him fall. Jesus is speaking. I remember when. Guys, I was there when I saw Satan being overthrown by the Father. He thought he could, he thought he was like God, he thought he could be like God. He thought he could be higher than God in, in attributes and stature. And I was there. I was there when my heavenly father cast him out of heaven. Even though Satan is cast out of heaven, he is not out of our lives as we see in the life of Job and also in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8-9. Peter says, Be alert and sober mind, of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around you like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Number two, Satan is trying to harm you. Satan is trying to harm you. Number one, Satan is real. Don't dismiss him. And number two, Satan is trying to harm you. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You ever wonder why Some of the things that happen around you are happening. I believe not only is it our sin and our sin nature, but I believe there are moments and times where Satan is oppressing and Satan is attacking and Satan is is real. And he's there in our midst trying to harm us. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. Speaking of Satan coming to steal, kill, and destroy. If you are happy, Satan is trying to steal it. You ever wonder where your joy went? Remember the term killjoy? He's such a killjoy. <laughs> if Satan sees you with joy, he will try to kill it. If he sees you happy, he'll try to steal it. If he sees you loving your spouse, he'll try to destroy your marriage. He is the enemy of God, and you're given. He's the enemy of God, and he's the enemy of your given destiny. He longs to destroy your soul. The Bible describes Satan as an arrogant, anti-God force of great cunning and power. He is the devil. He is the serpent. These are different names that are in the scriptures for Satan. He is called the devil, the serpent, the strong one, the roaring lion, the wicked one, the accuser, the god of this age, the murderer, the prince of this world the prince of the power of the air, Beelzebub and Belial. He oversees a conglomeration of spiritual forces that we call principalities, powers, dominions, thrones, princes, lords, gods, angels, unclean and wicked spirits. We look at scripture and we see how he tempted David and how he bewildered Saul, how he attacked Job. We see Satan in the gospels, all four gospels. We see Satan in the Book of Acts. We see him in the writings of Paul, of Peter, of John, of James, and Jude. Serious students of the Scriptures must be serious about Satan. Jesus fought Satan in the wilderness at the beginning of his ministry in Matthew chapter four, verses one to eleven. Jesus calls him as Satan, a snatcher of the word in the hearers' hearts, in the parable of the sower. Remember the parable of the sower, and he talks about how he comes and snatches the word of the seed out of the ground, out of their heart. Jesus, in his final days before he's crucified, he mentions in John chapter 12, verses 31, he says, now is the time for the judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. Jesus saw Satan not as a mythological creature or an invention of allegory. He saw him as a superhuman narcissist. When he taught his disciples to pray, he didn't say, deliver us from the nebulous emotions. He said, deliver us from the evil one. Third thing I see in your notes is that the devil is defeated. The devil is a defeated devil. He is a defeated devil. He's real, and so don't dismiss him. He is trying to harm you, so be aware. But number three, you don't have to live in fear. You need to understand that he is a defeated devil. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15 says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4, Peter says, For if God did not spare angels when he, they have sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. Jude 6 says, And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their proper dwelling. These he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on that great day. Satan's been cast out of heaven. He no longer has power and realm there, but he roams freely at this point in time. Remember when Jesus said, if they hate you, they're going to hate me? If Satan hated him, do you think he hates you? Do you think he's excited to see your life and see the blessings in your life? Do you think it makes Satan happy To see the church going forward and triumphing? No. I'll be honest, it ticks him off. It makes him angry. And when the church sits by and is apathetic and not really moving forward, not really sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, he is excited and happy. But when we start to proclaim the name of Jesus, when we start to talk about the truth of Jesus, how that Jesus' blood shed on the cross and his resurrection gives us eternal life, he is upset. And when he sees lives starting to be changed, it irritates him. Last night, we, our family got to go see um, Winter Jam, and uh, there's eighteen to 20,000 people there, and They're sharing some of their statistics that since the last 25 years, since they've been doing Winter Jam, 1.3 million people have given their hearts to Christ. Last year, 40,000 people gave their hearts to Christ. And in a city, was it last week? 5,000 people gave their hearts to Christ. Satan is ticked when that happens. Satan is real, don't dismiss him. Satan is trying to harm you, he hates you. But number three, understand, Satan is defeated and has no power over you. Be alert to the devil, but don't be intimidated by him. Learn to recognize his actions. Remember he comes to steal and to kill and destroy. When you see a theft, when you see a murder, when you see destruction, Turn to God in prayer, for Satan is close. Satan is a divider. So when you see divorce, rejection, isolation, you know the culprit. If Satan is defeated, then that tells us that there's some promises in God's Word that we can count on. There's some scriptures in God's Word that we can go to to realize to understand that we don't have to walk intimidated and in fear. And I'm not saying to taunt him. Don't be stupid, right? He's he's powerful. He's mighty. The oppression is real. But I am saying that through Christ and through God and through his Holy Spirit, we we have power. We have the ability to resist. We have the ability to walk away. We have the ability to see God work and do amazing things. Promises of God from his scriptures to stand upon regarding Satan are these. Romans chapter 16, verse 20 says that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. 1 John 4, 4 says, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he'll provide a way out so that you can endure it. John 4:7. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? I have no idea why I have that one in there. Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you will dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 to 16 that Dave read a few moments ago. says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, that you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Satan appears in the garden at the beginning, and he's cast into the lake of fire at the end. Revelation chapter 20, verse 10 says, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire, of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Every conflict with Satan and his forces is a spiritual battle. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-4 to 4 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the, world, as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Our weapons are these, and we'll end with this. Our weapons is prayer, worship, and scripture. Through prayer, we engage the power of God against Satan. Through worship, we give God his rightful place on his throne and glory to him that he deserves. In scripture, God's word proclaims the promises and the truth to Satan and what his demise will be. There are times where I can't always get to watch some of my favorite football games. There are times when Ohio State is playing, and I don't get to to see the game. So I I have this beautiful thing called DVR, and I I tape all of the Ohio State games. And and when I tape them, I try not to hear the outcome. But there's always someone who says, hey, Pastor Jim, did you know what happened? (sighs) Right? We won the game, and they tell you the score, and you're like, oh, great. And you go home, and you're, you know... It's it's an important game. It's a game you've been excited about all week. It's a game you've been wanting to see, and for whatever reason, the schedule didn't allow it. And you're just you know you you normally would be biting your nails and worried, but someone told you the score, and you realize that Ohio State won, and so now you're like, all right, well. And some of you aren't. You're the kind of people once you know the score, you can't watch the game. Any of you here that way? Once you know the score, you can't watch it. I'm the opposite. I still want to see. I want to see what happened. I want to see the plays. I love the game. I want to see what took place. And so I sit down, and, and normally I, when I'm watching the game, I would be, you know, a little nervous. And, you know, when we give up that big play or that big run or that, or that score, I'd be like, oh, man, you know, maybe throwing the Cheetos across the room, whatever, you know, upset or frustrated. But it's different when you know the outcome. When you know that you won the game, you get to watch the game differently. You get to sit and watch the game and enjoy the game. And when they fumble the ball, that's yeah, all right, we win the game. I don't know what's going to happen next, but it's going to be all right. When you fall behind by a touchdown and you're in, getting near the end of the game and, and, and things are getting dicey, you can sit there and go, oh, man, this stinks. But it's okay because we win the game. I mean, we're behind. we fumbled the ball. We've given up interceptions. We've blown it. But guess what? We win the game. I don't know how it's going to happen. This has got to be exciting. And, And so you're watching the game with this ease and peace, the anxiety you normally have. Maybe some of the words that come out of your mouth now are a little bit more gentle Right? Maybe your thought process is a little easier. I don't know. But you're watching a game knowing the result. And all of a sudden they score and they win and the game's over and you're sitting back going, ah. You see, guys, that's the way life is. Between now and the time that you pass, the time when eternity comes, there's going to be times where you're going to fumble the ball spiritually, where you're going to sin against God and you're going to do the unthinkable, and God's grace is going to be there to forgive you. There's going to be times where Satan brings division into your life or into your situation. Remember, he's the divider. He likes, he's divisive. He likes to spread things out. He likes to break our unity. There's going to be times where, where your life is, is divisive, where things are just going crazy. And you're going to feel like, ah. Oh. And when you get in those moments, Revelation chapter 20, verse 10 where it says that Satan is thrown into the lake of fire, we win! (laughs) It's good news. It's good news. Friday is here, but Sunday's coming. There are moments in your life where it feels like everything is falling apart and it can't get any worse. That's where the disciples were on Friday. That's where they were on Saturday. Even Sunday after the resurrection, some of them were still in that place. Even though Peter and John went to the tomb and saw the empty tomb, they were still saying, I don't know, man. I gave up three and a half years of my life. I followed him. I believed him. I thought he was the Messiah. I thought he was a promised one. I thought everything he said was true. And now he's dead. And now they're saying he's alive. I'm so confused. Jesus walks into them, into the room where they're at, and he talks with them, and he shares with them. For Thomas, he says, stick your hand in in the holes in my hand and the side, thrust your fist. He has those moments where he reestablishes their faith, and he lets them know that I know that you've been knocked down and life has been tough, but I have been victorious and I've overcome the evil one. I gave you all those scriptures today to show you that, yes, Satan is real, and yes, Satan is trying to harm you, but you need to understand that God is victorious, and even though he may win a few battles, God has won the war, and even though we may get defeated sometimes and and feel that the things are divided sometimes, God in the end will make it all right. That he's going to come alongside you, and he's going to help you up and get you through. And it's like watching that game where you know the end and what it's going to be like. I still have the national championship game on my DVR. It is still there. And every once in a while, I'll flip it on and watch it. And Charlotte says, what are you doing? You already know who won. You already know the score. You already know the play. I said, no, watch this. Zeke's going to break it for all the way. Watch this. It's awesome. And when you're looking at Scripture and you're you're seeing the truth that God has overcome and that Satan is going to be bound, that when we pray, he says that he hears our prayers. The story of Job is fascinating, isn't it? When he says that God put a hedge about Job and Satan couldn't get to him, that's my prayer for my family. I don't know what you're praying. If you're not praying that prayer, start. Start. God, please put a hedge of protection about my family so that Satan can't get to us. Because I know in the end we win. But I want to win now too. I want to have these moments of victory now. And so these scriptures, these promises of God that I've given you today, I know I went flying through them. I know that you're just like, Kind of like being fed with a, getting a drink of water with a fire hydrant. You know, He goes, that's a lot, a lot of information. I get it. But when no one's around, sit down and start to just read some of these passages and start to dig a little bit and start to see the war that's taking place in the heavenlies. All around us, we're surrounded by spiritual battle. But God is here through the blood of Jesus to give us victory in all areas of life. Is Amanda here? Come on up, Amanda. So we get ready to close in a word of prayer and in song. Satan's days are numbered. There are moments and times in your life where you feel defeated, but Satan's days are numbered. Your victory is not in you and what you can accomplish, but it's in Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished. Put your stock in the God of the universe, the creator of everything. And you'll be fine. Let's pray. If you're here today and, and maybe you're one of those believers who thought that Satan was just a myth or a symbolic symbol of evil. But as you look at the scriptures and you realize all of the evil and all the things that Satan has done. You realize that he's got to be real. And maybe you struggle with understanding all of the scriptures and understanding all that God is saying. But in your heart, you feel this need, this tug of a Savior who says, Satan came to divide, but I came to unite. And you want your life to be united with Christ today. If that's your heart's cry, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Jim, pray for me as I give my life to Christ today? Lord bless you. Lord bless you. Anyone else? I just, I just want to be with Christ. I want that relationship with God to be fixed. If you're a believer and you've given your life to Christ, and maybe Satan has just beat you down. And 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 you've heard the pastor tell you over and over that Jesus wins. That in Revelation chapter 20, the story of Christ, where he talks about what heaven looks like, him being victorious, how he's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. When all of that victory speech is given and spoken in Revelation chapter 20, you've heard it, but... In the middle of living this life, it's gotten tough. And you just, you just want to put your faith and trust that God is in control. That his grace that he showed you in the beginning, that he'll show you again right now. Fetch your hearts cry, raise your hands, say, Pastor Jim, pray for me. Lord bless you. Lord bless you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that this is a day that you have made. That even though Satan has tried to ruin it, and even though Satan tries to taint it, even though Satan tries to malign it, Jesus, you are still sitting on the throne. God the Father, you are still in control. The Holy Spirit still dwells in us and gives us power to overcome the evil one, the ability to to walk away and to flee and to run from evil. Father, I just pray today that your Holy Spirit will just fill us Give us wisdom and direction in our lives. Father, may we start to see things a little differently now than maybe we saw in the past. That we start to understand that the Satan is trying to destroy marriages and destroy our schools and destroy our children, destroy our very nation. Father, it's real. We ask for your hand of protection. We ask for your hand of blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you will please.